Yo, Harry yo, Potter yo. Is chore. It's Harry your boy, Potter. man. It's Travis, everything. <laughs> you are now listening to Unfiltered University. I got my co host with me today. It's Jay Morris. Yo, it's your man, Big Gruviano, and we're here with a special friend of mine. Been working with him. Well, I used to work with him for about seven, eight years. Yes, y'all. Man, T Lo Styles, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey. Yo. Hey. GI's on T Lo Styles. Worldwide. Appreciate it. Glad to be here with you, brothers. Appreciate it. Man, it's, it's been a week, man. It's, it's only halfway through, and it's been a week, man. I can't complain, man. Um, weekend was good. Um, my daughter um, had her um, dance recital at the Embassies of Christ. How'd that go? It went good, man. I, I, I told my girl I'm proud of it, man. The first, the first number she did. She was doing it right. She was she was doing the little dance, and then she saw her one friend in class wasn't really doing the dance, so she went over her trying to help her do the dance. And then the girl started was like looking sad, so she tried to point her to the lights and stuff and show her the lights, so she would cheer up. And my daughter, she about to be three, so mm-hmm. she's still young, man. It's just it was it was amazing, man. Then the second number, man. Same thing. She was doing it. She noticed her friend crying. Girl crying on stage. So she go to her again. So I was proud of her. Okay. Yeah, so that second number, she wasn't really doing it, but she was clapping for everybody, you know. She was clapping. (laughs) (laughs) We call it Black Girl Magic. Yeah, man. So shout out to Miss Breeze Dance Class, man. Like, she's been going. Miss Breeze Dance. How you spell Bree? B R I. Mm-hmm. So, so breeze dance class. So that's a black um, woman. Or yes, woman? yes, she is. Um, black woman. She's from. Um, she's from Gary, Indiana. Um, the dance studio is out in um, Maryville, or Broadway. So yeah, that's um. What she said. She started out with like five kids, and that's like thirty sixty eight. So it was good to see um all the different kids. They did tap dance, ballet, mm-hmm. hip hop. Um, like praise dance, so it was a mixture. Of everything it was, it's age appropriate too, because um, it's like I said, it's age, ages from two to eighteen. Um, like basically, like you know, cut off once you get to high school, but um, or graduating high school. But yeah, man, it was dope to see that, man. It was just different for people who don't like um, experience. Like I, I've never, I haven't seen somebody tap dance since I was like in elementary school. Uh, okay, so it's been like. Forever since I've seen somebody tap dance and to watch them get up there and learn it um, and do that in a short period of time was dope. Uh, watching the young kids do ballet was dope. So, yeah. Proud dad. Yeah, proud dad, man. So, what about you, Ian? Man, I spent the weekend watching USA Track and Field, uh, watching that, um, the 800s, the 400 winners, the 200 meter dash winners. It was lit in Oregon. A lot of world records were set. You know, I'm a track coach in Hammer High School, so I'm uh, I'm into that sport. I love everything about it, man. You feel me? Besides that, shit, I'm trying, I'm trying to work on some music on my free days on the summer, man. Just doing shit like that. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, shit. Uh, I, uh, I finished up work Monday morning. Uh, I've been off since yesterday, but it, for some strange reason, I feel like hella tired or whatever. Like I know I was I was supposed to do hella shit earlier today. I just found myself sitting in the crib, so it was time for me to get up and uh, come here and then come to this meeting right beforehand and shit. 
just really, for the most part, oh, and I'm looking to get some fireworks for the kids, trying to get my mind ready for this big-ass weekend and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, do a lot of barbecuing with the family, all of that. Probably go up to the lodge, do some shit. We're taking the kids uh, to some water park somewhere. I ain't going to disclose the location because you're going to get creeps and weirdos and shit out there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you got to be real secretive where you take the kids and shit. Yeah, but, man. um. But yeah, for the most part, like, really just been trying to chill, like, get my health back together and shit, uh, going to the gym in the morning, and shit, you know, outside of that, like I said, just busting my ass at work and shit, but, uh, how about you, my man? Oh, man. <laughs> we back at the gig. Oh, um, we was laid off for about two months. I got used to that shit, whoa. You did? Um, not used to it in the sense of, uh, not getting things done, but I guarantee you a peace of mind, bro. Oh my God. Like just getting out of that gray cloud, you did. So like um going back to the gig, it been so like off because of the material of course and all that. But I mean, you go back in, you get readjusted to working again and that's what I've been doing, but also, my logic has been totally different on, like, what's next? Because when you reach my age, you kind of start to say, um, what can I do right. in my niche? You did, like, so you start to think of things that you could do that ain't necessarily all physical. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I guess this week I pretty much just been on some uh, peace of mind ain't, ain't a peace of mind. Until it's a peace of mind. You dig? I just been acknowledging God. And, like you said, trying to get your health in order. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, man. That way. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How you, how did you get into music like to begin with? Uh, I would say I got the music. Music got into me, man. I, um, mm. My mom and dad are total opposites. I grew up in a household where my mom played anything from gospel, soul, funk, um, pop, anything, all in one move on a Sunday. Well, my dad was just jazz and gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't no stranger to secular music, and he never put brakes on what I did. Mm-hmm. It was more like, um, okay, that's my little dude, and I'm going to support him until he do the wrong stuff, and then I got to turn it. So I kind of grew up, I grew up in a household where I was involved in church, mm-hmm. Baptist church, you know what I'm saying? So um, I went to Tabernacle Baptist, I got into doing things like Christmas plays and Easter speeches and choir, you know, and stuff yeah, like that. Like yeah. a lot of us as black people do. But I knew I loved music. Like I knew, bro, like it was in my bloodline. Like I can't run from it. You did like um it got to a point where any talent show in school any uh, 
citywide organization that was doing something, mm -hmm. I was involved. Mm -hmm. So I grew up like that. Like, I was never scared to do nothing. Mm -hmm. um, I remember my mom coming to get me several times from, like, we used to have in the summertime the uh, recreationals. You had summer rec, right? Mm -hmm. Get your ass off your head. I'm break dancing. Mm -hmm. Anything that had anything to do with hip hop, I was the big dude that they be like, this nigga finna show out. Mm -hmm. Backflips, nothing. I played football my whole life too. So I was agile. So it really bust their head to see a big nigga do what little niggas was doing. Right. So I took pride in that. I took pride in... Um, Stand clean as a big dude. You dig what I'm saying? All this has something to do with music. I'm going to bring y'all to what I mean. Mm -hmm. My logic was, if I'm going to be a big dude, I ain't going to be that big nasty fat dude. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be the dude that the females be like, that's a big nigga, but he funny. That's a big nigga, but he smell good. That's a big nigga, but girl, I know he spit. Girl, a nigga rap. That's a big dude, but he went to Ball State University. All of whatever you could claim a big dude ain't supposed to do, I did it to make sure I rep for other big niggas. Mm -hmm. So that was my whole ankle, you did. So the showing out on stage, I danced. I was the little nigga your mama wake up to dance. Mm -hmm. I fell in love with Stevie Wonder, Ribbon in the Sky, uh, Michael Jackson, um, Tina Marie, you know what I'm saying? Uh, or Camille Jackson, anything jazz blues. So it was like to me, like I say, I didn't get the music. Music was in me, bro. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to run from it. I tried to stop music, and it was the most depressing time of my life. Mm -hmm. Like two years where I put it like this. I was raising a son. Um Scribble, that's what I call it. Scribble, because the nigga used to go to sleep on my lap. Like, you know, you holding your baby, right? And I'm writing rhymes. I wake up, nigga, and wrote all over my whole page. <laughs> he just took a pen and was copying what I was doing, or he thought he was doing exactly, because as I'm writing rhymes, I'm talking them out to him, but I'm writing them. Mm -hmm. And when I woke up and saw that he scribbled, all over my rhymes. At first, I'm pissed like, damn, I ain't gonna remember them. I gotta write another one. But looking at his face made me know everything you do is being watched and heard. So it was like a responsibility to me to know that even if I spit raunchy, he gotta know that's just entertainment. There's a difference. But he also knew the studio life. So he'll come, when I went to the studio, instead of me just going to holler at the hoes and drink and smoke, I'm taking my son. I'm taking my daughter. We going to the booth so y'all can see what daddy do for real. Mm -hmm. This is what I do. When your mom and them tripping, talk about it. I know he went, yeah, I probably was, but <laughs> this is what my love is. Yeah. This board, this music, this life. So um, hip hop, bro, it's a culture. Everything from the DJ and the MC and the, the, the break dance and the graffiti 
All the shit that we saw in New York, I was about that, bro. Mm -hmm. So you say it's a culture? Proud. I love the culture, man. Check it out. Do, do black people have a culture in America? We have an understanding of a culture in okay. America. That's all I want to um, we have an understanding and we also have what I call illogical logic. That way for me real quick. We think it's logical because we say it is. And we stand on it. Even if the shit is totally bad. It's illogical, but it's logic to us. Other people see it and say, why the hell would y'all do it? And we say, why the hell wouldn't I? You've been doing it to us. Now let us do it for us. So the understanding of the culture, yeah, we understand it. But to tell the truth, it's people that, appreciate and push our culture harder for us than we do. You go to Japan, China, Korea, and hip-hop is way bigger than it is here. Johannesburg, Jamaica, Haiti, they push our culture harder than we do. But it's because they didn't have the open doors that we had to do it. So, you think about the huts and the Indians and the Indonesians and people that was doing our Arab, Arab music. All these people that was doing a spoken language or hip-hop language way before we were. And right along with us. So we were hand-in-hand, -hand, right? What happened during all these slave times and all the communication times, right? When people say back then we was communicating through our music, right? And Master didn't even know what we was talking about. They just singing them gospel tunes. Until somebody came and said, you better listen to what the hell they talking about. Because they talking about killing your ass and getting away from here. And you don't even hear That's what ruined us. Because we had a whole lot of infiltrating ass niggas. That was like, yes sir boss. What them boys out there talking about is they going to kill your ass. And we do it to ourselves. That's why I say we have an understanding of the culture, but we don't always stand within the culture. A lot of this shit be movement and motion. You can move on something, but is it backwards or forward? So if I'm moving backwards, am I in motion? Yeah. yeah but, it's but it's useless. Stagnant. I'm sorry, y'all like it off topic, but y'all open the damn door right there. Y'all open the door right there, you did? <laughs> I, I had a question. You uh, brought up basically saying that you tried to, for the most part, like not avoidable, but run from it. What did you mean you tried to run from it? Um, I hated the industry. I hated the industry. I hated what was going on with my guys that made it and how... I figured out a lot of things that were being said became blatantly true. Uh, cats like EPMD 
cats like uh, Uptown Crew. Um, see, oh, oh, let me let me explain that, y'all. When I was young, my people um, from Alabama either lived East Coast or down South. So I had a lot of family in Jersey, a lot of family in New York, a lot of family was in Miami, Florida, Alabama. So when when I took vacations, I had no choice. My mama said, "We going. I'm in the car." Either this way or that way. When I got to Jersey, it like opened my eyes to some shit I had never heard, bro. Like, you turn the radio on and catch a whole concert. The first concert I ever heard, I recorded on a tape, a cassette tape. Duddy Fresh, uh, Busy B, Biz Markey, shit like that. But EPMD and artists was telling us, the industry will take two friends and when you get in there, they'll say, y'all sound good together, but think of how much more money you'll make by yourself if you leave them alone. So we start to see this happening. We start to see artists get broken into pieces. Not only that, um, the situation became based on being an independent or signed artist. As a signed artist, what broke our hearts was what's called a 360. Well, I gotta pay over, I gotta pay the goddamn radio to play me, and I'm from the crib, but you playing everybody's shit from everywhere else? That broke my heart because I start to see where I was a part of Masterpiece Appreciation Concerts, Indianapolis, Lafayette, we gonna fucking college tour, and I'm getting love from people I ain't never seen in the world. Open arms to do whatever we wanted, pay, and come back home, and you got to pay a nigga to get on the radio? Or they don't play you because you from Gary, they from Shot, but your radio station is actually in Hammond? Yeah. Come on, man. And that was not even just... That was just a pinch of it, but the the, the, the the whole thing that probably was hurting me was I started to see where it was going. Like, that mumble shit started coming a long way. And, and what I was saying was that a lot of artists were being cheated out of artistry. That's just like all us sitting here doing this right Y'all take this seriously. Y'all do it for not only the culture, but for yourself. It's people that do this just because it's the thing to do. Mm -hmm. Now think about this. That's just like police officers, bullies, punks. Um, if when you were in high school, you couldn't holler at females, you played no ball, you had no gear. You you were nothing to what the culture said as being somebody known. As soon as you became a police officer, first thing you're going to do is bully them niggas that was on. Mm -hmm. Them niggas that got, got weight or had cars or had the girl you wanted. Same thing takes place in music. The niggas that one day said, I always wanted to rap. It's now looking at a nigga that got bars. I said, nigga, I ain't even got to have bars no more. 
I could get on here and do a segue through the whole song. Yeah, yeah, that way. Ah, and go and make a hit. Same thing with artistry of music. Um, I'm not a piano player, a drum player, a trumpet player. I can't play any instrument. I can get on a computer and program a track. But that's not, I'm not a producer. So how do you think a producer who actually took time to learn to play a piano, a trumpet, a guitar, how do you think at this point he feels that this track on the radio his son at age three could play. All that became something that was just getting to me, bro. And my spirits was telling me, raise my kids differently. I can't continue to walk on these streets and be who I was. And people say when we out somewhere, oh, that old Tilo now, that's Vice Lord, or that's whatever it be. And then my kids looking like, damn, he just a street nigga that's smart. I didn't want that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want them to keep him. He's just a rapper. And they was at an age at that point where that's all they would have saw. I'm just a rapper. So I was like, I need to uh, get out of there and give God some attention. Because when he called, it's not a, a calling just on you. It's a calling on things around you. So if your kids can't see a man, be a man. It's nothing to them. Your daughter's first love is her daddy. Your son's first issue of who he is as a man is daddy. So I began to say, damn, man, I got to run from the, the shit I love the most for the shit I love the most. It is. So that's probably why I ran so hard, man, but... I couldn't go nowhere. Everywhere I went, it was calling me like dope. <laughs> like, I go somewhere knowing there ain't no supposed to be no rapping. I go to church. And they be like, tonight we got brother so-and-so coming to us live. He got a gospel song. He wants to spit me out right now. I begin writing gospel or God's spell, which is what it is. God's spell or word. Smith, that's what we are. We are a shop of vocab or vocabulary structures. Anything that we do is uh, enunciated or expressed. And that's another reason why people of other cultures and nationalities are always in fear. Because we're voiceless. We're flamboyant in how we dress. We walk. Swagger ain't swagger ain't got shit to do with your gear. Swagger is how you walk in a room. You can be butt naked, but you can stand in that moment like, I'm that man. Mm -hmm. That's your swagger. And once people start to understand that about a man, um, it determines his outlook on everything about you. If you always playing, clown ass nigga. If you that hitter, that's that hitter. So there's not a a, a, a distinction that's not bearable. You did everything is tangible with us. 
So I guess what I'm answering is two questions. I ran because I had to for a minute. Um, Andre even said he ran from, but he ran because he was never like a one to be in the forefront. He, he was satisfied with just being an artist in the dungeon family, you know. But I ran from it because of that. And to come back on the culture tip, we don't have to do nothing for nobody. But if you really love this shit, you're going to do something for the culture. Something. Okay. Yep. Let me ask y'all something. <laughs> um, Unfiltered University, baby. Y'all, y'all listening to us right now. That's right. Um, how did y'all come up with it? This whole thing you're doing right now. Oh, the pod? Um, no. Let's skip over the podcast. The camaraderie. Are y'all cousins, brothers? Family. This is my brother. Okay. This is my brother. This, no, this is your brother. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. He, he, we've been roommates. Uh, been knowing him since high school. Yeah, he like, is. Like the Bound program. But uh, once we got to college, uh, we became roommates. Roommates, what, three years? Two, three years? But, yeah, but which school y'all went to? Purdue. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then yeah. before that, EC Central. Yeah, so yeah. So. Oh, y'all from the EC area, huh? <laughs> look, no, I thought I look. I knew EC, but I didn't know if it was a harbor or EC. Uh, no, no, the harbor. He from the harbor. I'm harbor side. I was Kay. born in the harbor. I'm from K. You and me both. Yeah. Where you from, family? Uh-huh. <laughs> he on the real family. East and West K. East and West K. Man, I got love for it. Right, you know right, me? Honky Town. Are you? Oh, Honky Town? Yeah. Camp Jokes. Yeah, right around the block. That's my family. That's Shout my first cousin. Kanuni. That's my blood. That's my family. I was born in the harbor on Catapa Street. Okay. I moved to the G when I was six. Okay. Moved to Glen Park. Mm-hmm. You did. So, you can, now we can. I need to know my history, who I'm sitting with, uh, you did. Yeah, yeah, as far as like that, like it was like the like you said, the camaraderie, the like the friendship, the family, all like it's been here. Um I remember it would come down to Purdue long before like we graduated and came back home and all that other yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like we'd be in there playing Monopoly, he tried to shice us all type of shit. But yeah. like uh, it was for the moment I met you up about it was always because we was both we was both from E C yeah, yeah. and you know when you in an unfamiliar area of True. people the first thing you do is you click up with people from your background and all that. So That's right. Us being from, from Central and all that. That, that relationship went back because it was a summer program. So we went back to Central being boys, even though he graduated two years before me, then I came down to Purdue with him and my guy Trav or whatever. Yeah. Um and then, like, like from there, like I said, well, like he said, we I moved off campus into their apartment, um, like that my sophomore year, and then just to like the relationship like blossomed and grew from there, yeah, and stuff like that. Like, I remember my first, well, my only job on campus, he got, me. and then when we came back home, he got me the job. I got him a job. Yeah, that's and, love. like yeah, it is, yeah. and it's been like that ever since. It's like it's I could never say speaking for me personally that I was. That I did any of this alone or made it as far as yeah, I yeah, had yeah, help yeah. and love and all that shit from every aspect of the way. That's and, right. And, and I'm the one that didn't graduate from college. He, him, and Trav did. I came back home when Lulu got pregnant with MJ. Right. So, right, right. like, 
it was never like no difference by me being the one that didn't have a degree. Mm-hmm. Like we always pulled and shit from each other. And yeah. then eventually my guy uh Jonesy, who was a producer from Gary, um, he had me on um when he rebooted his podcast of uh, School and Jonesy, so he brought me on to be a um uh, like I guess like a reoccurring co host. After like the first couple episodes, he was like, No, you know what, it sounds better with two. Mm. Oh, well, not not two, but it sounds better with three. So I'm like, yeah, like my, my guy Julius, he like he mad opinionated and stuff. Like not in a negative way, but like just to have like another like contrasting voice. True. Brought him on. It was like magic after that. So, and then like shout out to him. The bigger he got, he didn't have as much time for the pod, but we had fell in love with pod yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Not to mention like all of us got a background in music in some shape, form, or fashion. Mm-hmm. So like fuck it, like shit. Let's pick mm-hmm. up where, where we left off over here. And of course, again, three is all rule of three for, for comedy, music, yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, music for life. So, yeah. shit, who you think? Drew's like, shit, have my brother come on. It is. I'm cool with it. And it's, it's legit. Been, and he brought, I could say, the structure to the group as far as like from a from a music and media and business standpoint. Okay, like, okay, yeah, we even though it's other shit that we've dropped the ball. Nah, I ain't gonna say drop the ball. We just haven't. I guess jump started yet as far mm-hmm. as like taking the initiatives and doing this out of the third. But okay, yeah, we need this and we need that. And we got to do this. It's like you needed that to to not just structure. Yeah, because it's not just Structure. about brand foundation. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I didn't. I never got into it to make money. If we make money from this shit, cool. Like yeah. I, I'm never opposed to turning down the dollar or gaining the dollar. That way. It was like it was. This is a love for me. And Julia said the same thing. And I'm sure the ES feel the same way. But it was like, okay, I'm just doing this for like the therapeutic aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. But when you when you sit down, it's still a business. And that's, to me, that's the thing that the ES brought as far as, okay, like you said, the structure, the foundation. Okay, yeah, we, we need a backdrop. We need, we need, this. we need to go to these motherfuckers for the logo. This is that and the third. Like, that's the real business acumen of it. So, you fast forward what a year or two now, yeah. Like we hit, yeah. Yeah, I love that man. Because yeah, like you said, like he mentioned, I'm being therapeutic when he when they asked me to join on the School of Jonesy podcast. I had just lost my job, okay. so I'm okay. like, oh, I got another time. Yeah, I'll be on. And then yeah. like after that one episode, it just kept bringing me back. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Then like once that fell off, I was like, man, I want to continue with. I hear my brother because I'm like with these two I got hella stories man hella stories they ain't gonna never make this podcast so no doubt no doubt no doubt so I was like yeah the dynamic is is done so and like you said you do bring that structure Marcus we both had like we all got not contradicting ideas but we all may have different opinions on things some things we agree on but you know we we keep it to where you know it's cordial we respect each other's opinions and everything so great and not agree yeah, yeah. agree not to agree. Yep. Yeah. It happens all the time. Like, yeah. ain't no love lost if we do, you know, get into a heated argument. Because, like I said, like, these like my brother. This is my brother. This like my brother's brothers. Yeah, so. It's meant to be yeah. that way, though. Yeah. That's good. Yes, yes. yes. What you feel? Uh, feel about the Unfiltered University podcast? That way. <laughs> I'm just glad that whoever's tuned in is tuned in. You know what I'm saying? It's a blessing for our voices to be heard. Real. And I had guests who can come on here and, and, and speak some knowledge themselves. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So I, I like just meeting new people. Like, check it out. Marcus bringing in new guys like every week. I'm like, man, he knows some people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He knows some yeah. people. He knows some yeah. people. You know, um, 
I'm sorry, but I ain't meant to cut you off. Um, one thing, I, I put it like this. It's not about a religion at all. We know that now. Um, as far as what goes on in the world and what you believe in. Because your relationship with your God is your God and your relationship. However, there's understandings that things like this, where there's three or more, this is church. You did what I'm saying. So like, um, in an aspect of energy, I feel good energy amongst y'all. You did what I'm saying. If I didn't, I wouldn't even fuck with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I felt like I was in the need to be over here, like, I don't fuck with that. Mm-hmm. On the halves of my man saying, come through, I already feel good. Mm-hmm. But as a man, I got a vibe. So y'all open y'all home to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm opening back up some things that other people don't even know. Yeah. You did. But um, what I'm getting at is this, and why I asked y'all that. There's always a story behind the story. Mm-hmm. I like that too. Like fans say, I like meeting people. Mm-hmm. I go somewhere just to meet people. But um, this thing is only going to happen and become bigger by others knowing that it's happening. Yeah. If it's just us, for us, I'm like, I could have said the crib, chill. <laughs> but to push this, now that I'm on it, Scott been on it, a couple of other people been on it, they, we could tell motherfuckers, hey, yo, tune in. Yeah. Tap in, because the brother's talking about something. And honestly, it ain't even about dudes, it's females. Mm-hmm. Anything that you can do doesn't have to be about getting at a female, but they by word of mouth, will get your product sold. Mm-hmm. LL told us the best, ladies love. Yeah. Cool J. Everything I've, I, I think, everything about me has always been hip hop. Like, if I could add up what I am, I'm a dapper thug. Dapper thug. That's what I consider him to be a dapper thug. Why I say that is, he used to come to the gig, and we could dress like we want, but it's hot as hell in the first factory we was in. I'm talking about hot, (laughs) that hot, where you be like, Lord, Lord, if I got to move one more time, (laughs) I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to quit. But the same as opposite in the winter, you got on boats and can't get warm. But what I'm getting at is, I used to peep how fam brothers was. On surreal, like men, we get to the point now where we be like, man, that's gay. No, dude. Everything that you do is based on what you see you like. Like, I ain't going to the barbershop for me. I'm going to the barbershop because I want to stay clean. So if something pops up, I'm ready for it. I didn't go to the store to buy like, I just saw this little shirt the other day. I'm not a gamer, but the shirt tells history. Mm-hmm. The shirt tells me who I am. And I started with Atari. Mm-hmm. So we go back to PlayStation, we go to Nintendo, we go to whatever Atari started. Mm-hmm. George, 
Sorry, yeah. Nintendo. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All this is history for me. Drink. You get what I'm saying? Like, and then what it say? Control freak. <laughs> Control freak. But what I'm saying, and what I'm getting at is like this thing I did with this music, man. I left here. Uh, I went to the career center in high school. I went to Lou Wallace, Gary Lou Wallace. Shouts out to the, I don't care what no nigga say. You did. I wanted to go to EC Central. I wanted to go there bad because y'all had, uh, well, yeah, y'all had, y'all had them over there, you did? <laughs> so I'll be over there every weekend playing in Guadalupe Circle with my cousin, Dame Askew, going to Sunnyside, hooping. I was the only vice lord, I think, that could come out there. I don't know. <laughs> but I had problems out there, you did? Guthrie Street wasn't having it. Oh, but you did. I mean, we got through this, we got older, and, um, EC was always a home to me. Like, I went to y'all, um, y'all used to have these little end of the year uh, award ceremonies, like how we are having oh, our Academy books. Awards. Yeah. yeah. I, in the book, like, we are having in our books, like, most like couple of the year, most educated who might do something. Man, my cousins, and I ain't trying to be funny, but my peoples was always. On some, you did like Dame got Mac of the year, the, the year they graduated. Now, Mac ain't no word no more. But that nigga walked through there, they played Who's the Mac, and that nigga came there and out there. I said, That's my blood, you did, but it was all a hip hop. You see what I'm saying? Everything goes back to hip hop for me. I can remember everything that I do based on something with music. If the kids were taught in school by music, it wouldn't be nothing they couldn't learn. When I was in college, I went to Ball State University. I went there from 91, I graduated in 94, 95. Well, you graduate, me and your class had to come back in the summertime and graduate with. I graduated at radio and television broadcast. So I had a, a major in communications and minor in speech. So um, even though I don't talk like that at all. But... Um, I know the shit. I had a great time. Um, I fell in love with it uh, at the Gary Area Career Center because we used to have competitions for Black Expo. So Black Expo would come to the career centers to see who was doing what talent. I was producing whole videos back then. Like, we'd do a video like, who did I do? I took the music from Special Ed. I got it made. Redid the video, danced in the video, filmed myself. Back then we had big, big cameras, truck cameras. They call them trucks. Where you pan right, pan left, tilt up. You had the old school, wasn't none of this. The camera just big on the wheel. So I got into the behind the scenes. Until one day, and it's always a female. She's like, why you always do the behind the scenes? You you cute. Why don't you get on TV? You always say, hey, you want I'm like, nah, I ain't doing that. She became the program director of one of the shows. And it was like, WLTV or whatever it was. She was like, I got a guest coming on today. He don't know he a guest. She suddenly plugged me up. I'm not even knowing. And that camera turned around. I was like... 
<laughs> it's go time though. It's go. And from that moment, she came, mic'd me up with the, with the little mic, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying, set me on the couch, and I was like, I dig this. Mm -hmm. I like this. It wasn't about being a star. It was about being able to function. And I felt like, you put me on the spot, I got to function. I, got, I can't freeze. Right. Fight or flight. I got to go right now. You put me in the corner, we gonna have to battle. I got to get out that corner. We got to go. But um, Ball State University, I won third in the nation for um, something we did down there. And Ball State was at the Black Expo, mm -hmm. which was surprising because it's a white university. But the telecommunication camp was basically all black. So they came and they met up with us and I was like, damn, I was supposed to go play ball at Vincennes for okay. football. I was supposed to play ball. And um, the coach took all us, shit didn't pan out the way I thought. Ball State was like, we're a red church. Put you on the bench, all right, man, I ain't got no money. Y'all ain't gonna do me and everybody else getting paid. You know what I'm saying? I want some money. I got down there and seen niggas like <laughs> six five, six eight. Realize, I'm like, you know what? I don't know if I'm gonna be getting up early in the morning studying <laughs> and doing this. I like this college life without all that. And the other thing that got to me was I hit the field, and because I'm not that big, that tall. They wondered, every person that came from our way, Detroit, Chicago, Gary, our speed was phenomenal. Like as a lineman, I ran with the running backs and fullbacks. So they clocking like, hey, what position did you play? I'm like, I played guard, pulling guard most of the time, left guard. Damn, we Gary dudes. Yeah, hey, outstanding, but you ain't big. We can't use you as a lineman because you're going to get, you know what I'm saying, knocked over. And I thought about it one day, man. And I'm talking about, I can admit, I was in tears, bro. Like, sitting in my room, like, all I know is football. How can I not play football? And I went to uh, a capital party weekend. I got this. I'm good. <laughs> I'm real good, brother. Right now, I'm real good. Because, um... I couldn't go home and fail. Yeah, I couldn't come back to the G and tell my mama, well, I ain't staying in college because I ain't playing football. Or I couldn't come back to, I had homies in the Valley, homies in EC, homies from all walks of life that was like, now you rapping for us. Yeah, we got a music deal on the table. Well, we had a music deal on the table for Trumpet Records out of Jersey. When I went to college and I cried like, Mama, I can't leave. I got a record deal coming. My daddy was like, you better get your ass to college. You going to college, if that record deal pans out, it'll pay your way in college. But you'll stay in college. I'm like, man, y'all can't tell me why I can't, can't do. I'm grown. I'm glad I had the dad I had that if he didn't stick to one thing and he stuck to everything, he told me, you're right. I can't tell you no more. But I would advise you 
to think about every move you make from this point on that you tell me that you're not going to do what I say because now you're your own man. And I say, damn, that's heavy because it was heavy on me. Like, it wasn't just your daddy telling you, nigga, I'm through with you. Your daddy was saying, you chose not to do what I need you to do as my son. I sat there, I thought about it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to Ball State, man. I'm going. Got in there, and it just played the way out. Like, 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 everything that I loved was still there. The music contract was garbage. Glad I didn't go through with it. Um, Trumpet Records had no love for nobody out of Indiana. They from New Jersey. They was an R&B company. They had no love for what we was doing in rap. But they saw an opportunity to make money off some hood niggas that they figured, like, all of us be locked up in the men anyway. They from Gary. All them niggas sell dope. They was banking on that. You did? We wouldn't been a write-off. So I'm, like, proud, man. I've always said that. And, and, and not to go on and on and on, but check this. Remember I told you my dad played gospel. And he played jazz, right? Mm-hmm. You know, years later in life, my dad would be downstairs. That was like our sanctuary in the basement in Glen Park. It used to flood down there, downhill. I'm from DHV. I'm from downhill. So the water would come off the hill and flood out our basement, which, like, I learned years later. That was like my dad's biggest hurt that he brought his family to a home that does that. And then um, the whole neighborhood, though, not just our house, but he wanted to get us away from that. You know, we coming from the harbor, and he was like, I bought a crib that I thought this was going to be the house I could raise my kids in. And he ended up doing that, but that was always an upsetting moment, and I didn't understand. What, what's wrong, Pop? He's like, man, one day you'll see. I didn't ask for this for y'all. But my dad did everything he could for me. You know what I'm saying? Um, we would be in the basement, and I would have notebooks, receipts, um, them wipes if I could write on them. This plant, if I had one of them inks, they could write on it. Mm -hmm. I write rhymes everywhere. Everywhere, bro. Like, I had to go to the studio with six pieces of paper because I done wrote a bar here. Two bars over here, three bars over there, you know what I'm saying, to get my rhymes together. But mm -hmm. I grabbed the wrong notebook one day. I thought it was my dad's notebook from church because he taught Sunday school. Flipped through some pages. My dad was a poet. Yeah. Never knew. He never told me. That's why he was cool with what I was doing. Years later, I said, you've been looking for this? He said, oh, man, the gig's up, huh? Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, Pop. I said, why you ain't never tell me? He said, I never wanted to be the influencer negatively or positively. I just wanted you to have your life. I said, damn. It's some cool shit when you think back. You know what I'm saying? That He could have been like, I'm a poet. That's why it's in you, which would have made me push harder. 
it would have made me feel like every rhyme I wrote had to be cold. But he didn't do that. Or he could have been like, I don't want you involved in this because it didn't get me nowhere. He didn't do that either. He left it up to me. And every time I came home with an advancement to say, Dad, look, we almost here. Or I just got signed here. Or we just did this. I know, because it's in you. I didn't know he was saying, it's in you. Man, it's like a lot of this hip-hop. It's love, bro. I can't run from it. I can't. I tried. I couldn't. I couldn't. I'm 40-plus right now, sitting around with younger guys. But if you 10 years younger than me or 10 years older than me, we saw the same shit. We saw the same events in life. The Reaganomics, the crack, the hip-hop, the pop dying, the rock and roll dying. The money coming and going. Hustle the trap. You did? Mm-hmm. Niggas went from can't go berets and baseball caps to scarves and dobs. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Stacy Adams, The Village, South Lake Mall, Rivers, <laughs> <laughs> Everblack. You did what I'm saying? We saw that and we sit here right now. In a blessed moment. Because how many of our homies can't do this? They can't. Even if they living. They be like, man, that ain't really my life. I'm, could be, but it ain't. On, a, on, on, on this day here. Go on, kill it. Y'all might want to salute and, and pull out your plug for your radio station. Because this is a radio station right now. This ain't no pot. What that even mean, bro? Can somebody break that down to me? You know, the funny thing is, I've never even looked up how, how the origin of, of yeah. Shit. Google is our friend. See, we're going to find out today some shit. That's with me. I'm going to find out some things. Pod. Pod, I know what a pod is. or A pod is a small, captivated area. Like when you're at work, you got your little pods. Mm-hmm. Or a plant. Yeah, we like them. Right. <laughs> uh, say? It came from um, damn, it came from a iPod and broadcast put together. Man, let me find out Apple started the podcast. It makes sense. They they try it to could run. make sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Just like the Google brothers and stealing the idea from Lil Woe. You know what I'm saying? They stole the whole move. This was supposed to be a social media thing. It was supposed to have been friends in college just talking to each other. Yeah, because originally Facebook, when I first got on Facebook, fine. you had the EDU. Yeah, you had to. I was thinking like. I agree. I agree with old boy that ended up suing Mark Zuckerberg and yeah. Justin Timberlake's character in social in social network. Like, it was Facebook was never intended to be public. It was meant to be private. Yeah. But they, they went public to and they allow advertisers and all of that to get in, of course, to make a buck. And it was it was a pretty penny. Like Mark Zuckerberg went well shit, ten years ago he was one of the fifteen richest people in America or in the world. Like he probably he probably top ten now. Like Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I guess on the front end, you say look at all the money you made, look at all the lives you changed. Because of course Facebook is a huge conglomerate. But at the same time, look at all the lives you run. 
God. Like it's you can't what Denzel saying, fucking um equalize. Yeah, shit. You uh what do you say? When you pray for rain, you gotta deal with the mud too. Like Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was it was a lot of bullshit that's incorporated yeah. with that. And I love Facebook. I be on there all the time. But uh, <laughs> like you said, when I sit back and you look at the harm is done, the ends might not justify the means. Like True. It, it get it get worse and worse all the time. So like you said, you I I agree. Like that shit <clears throat> Yeah, it was. It, in my opinion, Facebook should always stay private. You should always need the edu just to get on because letting, like we talked about last anybody week, with the yeah. with the whole shit with the, anybody with, vote. Yeah, that shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't. I don't believe that everybody should have access to everything just because you legal or just because you in good legal standing. Oh, like like yeah. nah, it's. Your mind state ain't right for all that. Maturity level, all of that. Like, and, and <clears throat> like, but whether people agree with it or not, I've always been a person. Like, that's why I never agree with Barkley when he said he's not a role model. But sometimes, you don't, not even sometimes, you don't have a choice. Like, anybody with a voice, by virtue of that, in my opinion, is automatically a role model. So anybody that has influence over the world, like, you got a duty and a responsibility, in my opinion, to, to do the right thing, to say the right thing. Yeah, you, we human. So you ain't gonna always be able to put your best foot forward. Or you're gonna put your best foot forward and you're gonna fuck up and you're gonna make the wrong decision. But when you just out there fucking up, making the wrong decisions because you can, and you don't give a fuck what comes along with those responsibilities and shit. Like, yeah, people get on social media, oh, I'm gonna post all these memes all day long. I'm gonna post these yeah. parking videos. I'm gonna post me with, with whatever I'm doing, my little paraphernalia, all that other shit. Family. You got people, you got young kids on social media. Yeah, they shouldn't be, but they are. Like you got your family out here. Like you got the 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 perception of you that you putting off to the world. Yeah. And don't nobody give a fuck about it. It's like, oh, oh, it's mine. Oh, you ain't got to be on my social media. Like, no. Nah. Social media is just that. It's social. You inviting yourself to the public. Like, yeah. so it's like if, if you don't have enough self respect for yourself as to the things you disseminate to the public, the, the message you putting out, as well as what your public perception is, because I like a fuck what people say, everybody gives a fuck to a degree about how they're perceived by the public. And even if not the public, your private circle. You don't want some niggas around you think you chump or you some kind of <coughs> stupid ass fuck nigga or stupid bitch or chick or some shit like that. Like, nah, like you you always wanna let your best version of yourself shine and shit. And it's like we got to the point that, because social media has given everybody that God complex to a degree. Real it's shit. like, oh, no, that shit. I got X amount of followers. I got X amount of friends. I got this many tweets and retweets and blah, 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 blah. All that shit is pointless. Like, who are you at the end of the day? Like, when, when you snatch all this shit away, like, like the memes say, oh, like, I don't make a cold ass Instagram model. Come to find out, I get to a crib. She ain't got a headboard or a fucking box spring. Yeah. <laughs> like, got no friends. Oh, sleeping on the she floor. She no. Uh, hey, why don't um, Instagram models be having front of shit? They pictures, dog. Uh, <laughs> just, that's why only fans You know what's oh. funny? <laughs> that funny shit to me is uh, social media is the most unsocial thing in the world. It really is. When you, when you think about now it, you got fifty thousand friends you never met. And if, some, and if one of them tried to talk to you in public, like you'd be you all wouldn't even know who the hell it is. No, or, first no, of all, or, or you front, like like who the fuck did you talk to? You? Me? Yeah, like Nigga, we talk every day. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, like we change like this. Social media is the most unsociable thing ever, 
And on top of all that, like, it's a false sense. It's totally fake. Definitely. Like, everything about, okay. When you get in front of the camera, you say, say cheese. Well, if I wasn't happy, I didn't want to say no fucking cheese. I didn't come to take these pictures. My girl want to take these pictures right now. My niggas all at, we all at the club, all pop. You get in front of that camera, ain't nobody pop no more. Everybody, everybody tighten up. Every symbol in the world went up. Now, now the, the, the logic to yeah. what I'm saying is, why? And for a long time, I ain't take pictures. Because I was like, nigga, I'm really thinking like, this how niggas get caught up. He might be the feds. Yeah. And why you always taking a picture of all of us? <laughs> you got the whole click now. You got the whole conglomerate, the whole conglomerate right now. Well, motherfuckers say, not only is he the man, but I got his whole clique with him. Yeah. Somebody got to be a secret. Right. Now, check it. So, if Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all these social things is social, why would they have to dig into your lifestyle when you show everything you do? Niggas on vacation. You taking a picture on vacation. And you telling a nigga we here right now. Niggas at the crib like, nigga, ain't nobody at the house. Way back. I know yeah. niggas done learned that. Yeah. Put their pictures on like a week mind. later. Like they at the crib, nigga. This yeah. is what I did last yeah, week. But when it first hit, oh, niggas was kidding. Niggas was in your house. Oh, them niggas in Hawaii right now. Nigga, their crib is wide open. Exactly. Yeah. Wide open. Yeah. That's, that's why, like, even when, like, you know, now, you know, I shoot music videos, I tell people, hey, don't put your location up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because um, you never know people what People come to it. <laughs> Wait till we leave to post where we at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Especially if you know, if you <clears throat> a certain type of person. Yeah. Don't want to draw attention to yourself. Unless that's what you're doing. Now, it could be where you need that public. Different instances, well, it depends, like you say, on who you're dealing with, too. Yeah. You're dealing with some just some heads. Yeah. You, you might get away with that. But if you're dealing with street niggas, everybody got sticks, everybody outside, now you got to deal with police, mm -hmm. the ordinance, no paperwork. Who told you you can use this lot? Mm -hmm. Who is all these other niggas from the hood with sticks? Mm -hmm. Now niggas running. Ain't nobody got L's or papers to hold pistol. Yeah, and I've been in I that. I did with a whole lot. I've been in that situation a lot of times, and I've just been like, hey, I'm just the man. Camera with the camera. man. <laughs> just the man with the camera today. Yeah. So, but. Fam, what, 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 what makes you tick about music? If you could say, this, for me, makes me love <laughs> hip-hop, what would it be? Uh, Mama Said Knock You Out, that LL Cool J song. Oh, shit. That's deep, right there, though. It was the first album I actually... Actually, purchased. You know, my grandfather he owned a record shop in in, uh, in Calumet. It was called White's Records. 
I would always get like free tapes, but the like the first album I got, man, it was that one. Yeah. And I actually paid for it, so. And you paid for it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> what do you think? So, you mentioned like the first album. The first album I can remember buying with my own money was Get Rich or Die Trying. I was like seventh grade. Ooh. But the first like you tape I remember having on a rare good time. <laughs> the, the tape, first tape I remember having, and I probably even should have it because my cousin gave it to me. Was Ghetto Boys mind playing tricks on me? Mm. Okay. It had the, the y'all boys heavy hitting out the box yeah, though. I remember it when we lived in the projects, putting it into the little thing. What you call it? I don't know what you call it. It's a little <laughs> recorder where you can record, yeah, with the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom was mad. Yeah, a tape, a, a, a tape recorder. My mom was mad hearing the song, but I'm like, this uh, this song was hot during that time. Yeah, yeah, thinking, yeah. Like I don't know, I probably what maybe four, maybe. But I, that's that's the first song I remember wow. having on tape was the Ghetto Boys mind playing tricks on me. That's appreciation though, yeah. and that's what a lot of us don't do no more. And that, I think that divided us on what people say, y'all old niggas. From y'all young niggas. Uh, because we as older guys can't get why you would like Migos or Blue or Baby and the Baby. Where y'all say, how could you ever like LL or Big Daddy Kane and Cool G Rap? You did. So, who was your love? Let me think. Um, I had my first three albums ever that I had. Two of them were CDs. No, one of them was, C- was a CD. Two of them was tapes. The first one was Lil Wayne Lights Out. Yeah. And, and, I, and I didn't uh, buy it. Another one. <laughs> I'll never forget. Shout out to my Auntie Angie. She gave it to me. Like, I don't know how she ended up with it, but she gave it to me. I couldn't have been, at the time, probably like no older than like 9 or 10 when she gave it to me. Um, mm-hmm. The cassette version of Lauryn Hill's the, the, the miseducation of Lauren Hill. I had it on cassette. I walked out. I, I might even still. I fell in love with I it. I might even still <laughs> have it. If I checked through all my boxes and shit have moving through the years. Yeah. I know for a fact I still got it now that I think about it. And then um, the group True. I had a cassette of, of, of they shit. Like, mm-hmm. Spread my way. Yeah. Now, I'm away. talking about I used to play that and the other single off that cassette uh, 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 every day. I yeah, call yeah. my right now. I had a, I had a, like, a, yeah, like, a yeah. like a light blue boom box or whatever. I yeah. play that shit in my room. Matter of fact, yeah. before I had a boom box, I couldn't have been like older than six or seven at the time. I had a Mr. Microphone. Yeah. You play yeah, that's, that's what it is. That's, that's what I had. That's what it is. I'm talking about I'd be in my room with the fucking microphone. Yeah, go Yeah, yeah, that's that. Like, and them like, boys was a movement back too. It was four or five times I knew that shit like a motherfucking ever since then. It was like shit. Like I had a huge to this day, I got a huge love for R and B. Right. Yeah. Of course, at one point in my time, like now, Hope is my overall goat. Yeah. But mm. shit, you can tell me Wayne won the goat between like oh oh four and like. Wayne made a lot of moves. Like, like you couldn't tell me. But the first the first album I ever bought. And you gonna laugh because I get this nigga hell all the time. Bow wow, bow wow. First time, that's the first time I ever bought with my own money. Um, shit. Like, yeah, like, wow. it was a new one. I don't know why. The first time he was still with Snoop, then he wasn't even with Jermaine. Then 
Yeah, okay, so it wasn't his first album. It was his first album on the So So Death. So, so he got with, uh, okay. with the dog. Yeah, 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 he's like, yeah, with the dog, yeah, with the yeah. fence. Yeah. 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 What is it called? I'm at that. It was self-titled. Uh, Lil Bow Wow. Show it, it was. Beware the dog. Beware the dog, yeah. As a matter of fact, you remember at Hammond where they had, um, I forgot the name of the fucking, the, the shit. The, the CD uh, store. Was it the bomb that was right next to fucking uh, Fashion Depot? When he, right by Menards and a little strip mall? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nah, nah, that one. Nah. 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 It was dude name. Look, look uh, you finna take me there. Listen, let me tell Ooh, you something. It's over there by our old gig. Yeah, right, right here, right okay, check. The old Ingles and shit. If you needed anything two weeks early, that's where you went. Yeah. It was called. I can't think Fast, of No. Anyway, this record store had everything that you couldn't get from the village. Because yeah. the village would cop from them. That's, that was the first um, place I went. Yeah, you go to that record store like any world. Like, mm-hmm. like if you want something from New York, like it wasn't at the record stores yet. You got to go over there and to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost said, damn. Anyway, the record store. I can picture them out here because yeah, I know where it's yeah. at. Yeah, because it's right there in the corner right now. Mm-hmm. It's a... Uh, What's what? I, I want to say all that. It might be the, the food spot. Yeah, yeah. I want to say all of that's Menards now. Like the whole thing. Menards was there. It wasn't even Menards then. It, it, was. it was. It was like, like a Ventures or a Zare. Some, some, some shit like that. A Montgomery Ward or some way back then. It said right there. And then we turned the corner. It was right there corner right here. Yeah. They had Fletcher's. No, Fletcher's in the city. They had the clothes right there in the window and shit. Yeah, and yeah, Like all the CDs was up there behind the counter and shit. They had all the... See y'all. See when I was going younger, before y'all, like we had this art, the uh, velvet art, like with the sex scenes on it. Around, I don't know if y'all ever seen them, but it's posters, mm-hmm. but it's velvet, like ink velvet, but they had every sex position mm-hmm. around it with some like Afrocentric. Yeah. They had them posters around there with all the man. Y'all just took me the mic check. Cause mm-hmm. Mike, 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 uh, that was my manager. That's who okay. got us. Oh, I ain't even tell y'all that. The gatekeepers, the gatekeepers is the heaviest thing that ever came out of Gary, bro. Um, it put us with a whole lot of um nationwide artists. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Howard, rest in peace. Mike Howard, Mike Check. He from Ghost Town, Pocket Town, and. He went. He was on the road with Bootsy Collins now. Okay. So that's that was our historic moment to be with him. Cause when he came to Gary, I met Mike. I came out of Ball State, like I say, ninety four, ninety five. I'm from Glen Park, so I would come up to Mike Chet on Broadway from my house on Kentucky. Come up there, he was dribbling the ball outside. Mike had a big house speaker sitting outside his store. Which made, if you came up Broadway, you going to look over. Mm-hmm. Go to the record store. He had everything. I was like, how he got this? And the only other spot I knew was in Hammond. Like he say, to get your stuff early. Mm-hmm. Not knowing he from shot. Mm-hmm. So Fletcher's, which distributed to Indiana, got all they stuff first. He part of Chicago. He had all the music first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I walked in there and met Mike. And um, Mike taught me about points. He taught me how the industry go as far as split sheets when you record, how you get your royalties. 
signing up for BMI, signing up for ASCAP. He taught us all that. Like, we ain't know nothing about the business. We just knew we could rap. Mm -hmm. He taught us all that. Before then, we was going to studios like Thunderclap. White boys ran it. Um, they would, like, engineer us, though, like rock and roll groups. Like, our sound was never hitting like we wanted it to hit with the 808s. Mm -hmm. It was like highs and bell tones. They would pull that out the music, but the 808 and the nines that we wanted to knock would knock. Then we went to Hair Bear Studio, another studio out of Hammond. So we was recording until Mike Check took us to Seawall Records in the shop. Seawall is where I signed one of my deals, Twister, uh, Do or Die. Um, I met Twister, Do or Die, The Brat, Crucial Conflict, DA Smart, um, Toxic, um, The Legendary Trackster. There was people every day that when I walked into that studio, I'm right in there with them. Mind you, this during the time you got MCGs, CCA, uh, Fifth Block, First Battalion, the group I'm from, First mm -hmm. Battalion. Um, man, so many groups I can name, Ujimar Productions. Um, the first group side of Gary were militant heads. Like, uh, you had like Infrared, um, which is the head of 621. Uh, Lover Boy crew. All these clicks was coming out of Screaming Wheels. We was at Screaming Wheels at the roller rink every... The roller rink raised me. Mm -hmm. The roller rink, being in clubs, rapping, all that come from going to Screaming Wheels. The first one, the first concerts I saw... I got to take y'all here. One of the first concerts I saw was at Screaming Wheels. Mind you, this was a Native Tongue family. You got Tribe Call Quest, mm -hmm. the Jungle Brothers, um, Queen Latifah, uh, dude that died, he had a song called Gangsta Bitch. I need a gangsta bitch. Uh, mm. He had an Indian name, I can't think. Him, um, the chick that battled uh, Roxanne, I don't know if y'all remember, we had a song called Roxanne. Roxanne, Roxanne had like 12 songs. Them UTFO, all of them was at Screaming Wheels, bro, yeah. at the roller rink, in the middle of the roller rink. And I mean, the chills that I felt to know that's what I want to do. I learned that there. Mm -hmm. Like, after, you know, being in church and knowing that I could perform. But this thing called hip hop, when I saw them, naughty by nature, trench. Bruh, I was like, whoa, this is a whole nother avenue. And mind you, every year, my birthday is the day after Christmas. My birthday is December 26th. Every year at the Genesis Center, that's the first concert. They stopped it. But the Genesis Center had everybody from Public Enemy to Jesse Johnson Review. Which was, <laughs> y'all remember on uh, Dave Chappelle's show when he said a funny looking nigga came in there and he had on all his beads and shit. That was Jesse Johnson. 
Jesse Johnson was a studier under Prince. He had the same sounds, the same singing technique, mm -hmm. everything. Morris Day, that's his cousin, Morris Day in the time. I met them. Uh, mind you, you'll have a concert with LL Cool J. Then you got BBD. Then you got Public Enemy. You're like, how you even put this together? Yeah. But that's one concert. Live and direct on stage in Gary at the Genesis Center. When LL came and came out the box, we knocked the whole window down mm -hmm. to get there. I ain't even had to pay for that ticket. It used to be like a fiberglass window in front of the Genesis Center. They finally made it into brick. But you used to stand on that wall from, if this is Broadway, this is 5th and 4th. That wall that's right here was all glass. Nigga, LL, we could hear the music playing. Nigga just start rumbling on the glass. Rumbling on the glass. Things. Whole crowd ran there, bro. They ain't even stopped the concert. We just went in. Everybody sat where they wanted to sit. Wind blowing through it. Everything. LL rocked that show, bro. Rocked it. Came out that box like he did on uh, the movie. Box. My radio, believe me, I like, man, right now I'm getting chills. <laughs> Big Daddy Kane. I did an opening for Big Daddy Kane, Master Ace. They had a click. They had a song called uh, The Symphony. Dun, 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 dun. I don't care who's first or who last. Y'all just better rock this. It was him, Steady B. Um, Craig Nice or Craig somebody he ended up going to jail that nigga right they was robbing banks Damn. yeah mm -hmm. um, but anyway what I'm getting at is once again when y'all ask me what got me into music it didn't music got into me bro everything in my life been about music music it, and Everything that I did, I couldn't study without music on. Mm -hmm. Like, I couldn't go to sleep without listening to Anita Baker or <laughs> Sade. I love her. Oh, I love Sade. <laughs> Sade, Anita Baker. You know, it's just when you think about getting in your car someday and you don't want to be bothered with nobody, you just want to play some music and ride. If that's the way I left this world. That's how I want to go. Yeah. I just want to ride. Just play some good music and go. And go. Because it's something about music can calm the savage beast. If you play some music at the right time with the right thing, it can either mellow you out. Or you can play that music at the wrong time in the wrong spot and tear the whole club DJs, they know about that, man, when I was coming up. <laughs> man. DJs could have controlled a lot of fights, stopped a lot of I that. I agree rock, with you, man. my dude. Hey, fair, they didn't say nobody. Yeah, they did. That, that, was, that was their money, though. That was nothing you buck air. Man, that's nothing you buck. Nothing when you buck before, though. Yeah, play one. Lil John. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The John, you can't, how you can't play knock if you buck and then play with some hair busters next. Oh, uh, down, down, down for my And then once you get to that third one, oh, lie. Knock if you buck, play. Oh, 
Look if you blood play in the commissary. Look, John, whole album had niggas scrapping. Fuck this shit over here. I was telling Dre I want that shit to fucking do those. These niggas thinking about pussy, not pistols. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was dead real. And ended up making one of the coldest songs. The only song that we ever heard was Turn Off the Lights. World Class Record Crew. Yeah, making yeah, me to be making some more of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, nigga, <get> y'all done. <laughs> you mentioned about the um, like you know different generations like liking different music. I just think about like um, like I always think about my cousins like they play music like they would play a variety of music like people they play a ball thugs then they play Ice Cube, Spice One. Yeah. Fucking Tupac, of course, Snoop. So I was like, and some champs right yeah, there, some, some heavy hitters. Yeah, then like, you got, oh, it's like UGK, A Ball, MJG, Master P, of course. So it's like, I think, because like, it, it, it let me appreciate a lot of different views. I remember going through my cousin, got the big ass case with all the different CDs, yeah. and I'm just going through, listening through, you know, some of everything, man. So, like, um, even now, like, Marcus, get on me, because I, I listen to trap music a lot, like, Hey, it is what it is. Like, but I, I listen. I like to listen to a variety of music. Even my girl, she'd be like, I put on shuffle on my Apple Music. I got some everything from ninety early nineties to yeah. right now. It's gonna come on, man. So, like when you talk about like appreciating music, man, that's, I, I feel you on that. So, yeah. yeah. Um, the appreciation comes because of what it is, not who it is. Yeah. Um. You, you name some heavy hitters like, like, I I asked y'all like what drove y'all to like it, who was it and all that. See me, the first cassette I ever bought, I was disappointed in. Mm-hmm. I got hyped up. It was a cat named Schoolie D. Schoolie D. And he had a song <laughs> called Saturday Night, but not knowing Schoolie D gave. The whole drug dealing scene, they sound like Ice T when he made um, nine in the morning fans at my door. All that come from School E D. His style was about a dope dealer's life. I didn't know nothing about dope dealer's life. The first cassette I bought, so I'm not. The reason I bought the song because it was in a movie or something. And I liked his voice. Saturday night, how he was spit. But the rest of the album was doo-doo. But, I mean, for what he did, I soon had to turn around and say, I appreciate that UGK. That's Pimp C, Bun B. That's Ice-T. His, what he was talking about, Change what could be talked about. Yeah. Okay, so then you got me bumping that. And me and my guy Cooley down the block, his brother's name was Quincy. Quincy put us on to a whole lot. My cousin, I had a cousin that died from sickle cell anemia, um, Malcolm. He, um, they told him he wasn't going to live past 25. He made it to 21, 22. Um, he, if nobody else probably was the first person to give me 
a different look into music. Because the two artists that he gave me were totally opposite. But I love both of them dearly. Prince and Big Daddy Kane. He introduced me to their worlds in one day. He gave me Prince. Now, I'm going to tell you how he gave me Prince. We went to my auntie's house. It used to be this album. My auntie, them, they had albums. Like, we got CDs and sitting around. They had albums stacked everywhere. So my auntie had one of the Prince albums always would be pushed between. This Prince sitting on Pegasus, on the horse, naked. So, you know, we got little cousins of my sister and them. They ain't want them to see that, you know. I used to always be, like, curious. Like, what the fuck is this album? She playing the barge on tape. They playing, still had eight tracks. Playing the eight track where you hit the button and it flip over. Shit like that. But what I'm getting at is, my cousin one day said, you want to know what's on the album? Bad as hell, don't you? I said, yeah. He put that Prince on. And I was like, this dude got a lot of people singing. He's like, no, that's him. And every octave range, he can drop his voice to baritone and then go up to the highest soprano that could ever be heard. He also locked himself in the studio and taught himself every instrument playing. I said, bro, you got to be kidding because at this time I'm understanding what he's saying is no one taught Prince nothing. Mm -hmm. He taught himself every instrument and produced all his own songs. Then he went in and recorded himself. So that appreciation on top of Big Daddy Kane said, intro, I start to flow. My rhymes will go. So get up and dance, Kane said so. If you was lounging around, it's time to get up. Pardon my expression, but I'm going to tear shit up. When he said that, and he didn't spit it like I did. This the fastest rapping nigga I ever heard in my life. Because Kane was one of the first fast spitter. His cadence was like this. I said, what is that? He said, that's rap. That's hip hop. That's from New York. His name is Big Daddy Kane. Then check the album cover. He had the high top fade. Cold parts in it. Dressed like a king. Had a suit on when he performed. Up until now, we only seen niggas with jogging suits, Adidas, you know what I'm saying? Run, LL, you know, niggas like that. But Big Daddy Kane became what I was looking for, which is a smooth operator. And that was just one of his songs. So what I'm getting at is like the angles of music. I can't just say this derived, or I can't say I come from this. I got to include, there's so many ways I was getting injected that I knew something about this shit I had to be a part of. I had to. I couldn't, like, just say, oh, I'm just here. No, I got to be a part of this shit. So much so that right now, any artist or any younger guy or any people that be a part of it, I always, if I feel like you got that, I'd be like, man, look, you got something, bro. But, like, I don't want to be the one to guide you. 
you got to guide yourself. You got to tell yourself, I can make it. Like, And you know what's the cool part? There's a lot of artists out here that we consider garbage. Just us. Just like, that nigga's garbage. No bars, the track's stupid. I don't get what he's talking about, but guess what? Them niggas ain't scared to knock on your door and say, I'm the coldest artist in the world. Support me. If you don't, I'm, I'm going to keep doing this. And then knock at any door in the world and say, I'm so-and-so, and this is what I do. No fear factor. It could be total garbage, but that's work ethics. That's believing in yourself more than anybody else in the world. And that I respect. I respect that because it ain't about what I like. It's still part of this circle. There's two things that's never going to end. That's the way we dress and our music. It's a big circle. Back in the days, they had what's called tailor-made. Now they call skinny jeans. Now they went a little too far. Yeah, some of them did. Because if you're big as me, you should not have no goddamn skinny jeans on. You shouldn't be built like no female. No, you got ass hips. Let's be real. <laughs> Niggas out there bad, boy. <laughs> Niggas out there with leggings and jackets on. They ain't supposed to have this shit on here. They got them on, though. <laughs> but what I'm saying in general, though, like, we even did some stupid shit. Now, who the hell, Hammer came and Hammer killed the world and was cold yeah. and was a gangster. Got a lot of niggas' butt that we don't know nothing about. But my daddy caught me with them big pants on at church one time. Like, get up and go to Sunday school, make it up and go to Sunday school. He gonna go in the bathroom, get his clothes on. When that car start, you in the car going. I knew this. I just uh, put my hammer pants on, nigga. I got riding boots. Gucci. I got the church. My daddy knows. Like, uh, he like the good time daddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he like James. Yeah. Man, that nigga must have looked at me from out the, out the quiet stand like, Nick, when we get home, we gonna have a good conversation <laughs> about the apparel that you chose to wear to church today. <laughs> so, so what are you currently doing in music right now? Right now? Yeah. Niggas been sneaking me in, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I get a phone call the other day, and niggas say, hey, man, I got this track. I say, whoa, bro, you do know who you talk to right now. You, you call the wrong number. So I was like, nigga, quit playing, nigga. You got bars over there. And I was like, what are you doing first? I can't just be involved. It got to be something worth being involved. Dude, and he was like, "When well, I'm doing this, this, and this. Matter of fact, I wouldn't have called you if 50% of it wasn't done already because I know how you get down. He was right. And shit, I got a couple of verses right here ready to go. If niggas want them, I got them. They ready. You mm -hmm. did, but a um, couple of my family, you know what I'm saying, a couple of people close, you know what I'm saying, like Kanuni, uh, Rich the Pit, which I really need y'all to get involved with. That boy is hot. Y'all need to get up. Rich the Pit. He from Detroit. Moved to the shot. Now he worked with us. Nasty. Nasty. And I don't mean just bars. I mean concepts. And they got the squad. Insomniac. Over in the city. Okay. In Blue Island. Um, And what I'm saying by that is this, bro. I'm involved 
because I've always been involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm affiliated. You did like I don't care if you folks five Hebrew Islam. <laughs> if we talking about something, let's talk about it. You did. If you if you if you want to rob a train, I can show you how to do wrong the right way. You did what I'm saying. That's 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 pretty much. I feel my lyrics is at one time probably sicker than a a piranha with eggs. A dog with with brave bees shitting razor blades. That's sick. That hurt. So you know I I, I spit like that, but. That's not what I like. I like partying. I like talking about females, drinking, having a good time. That's what I do. The gangster thing is because of where we from. Mm-hmm. That I grew up, I'm from Gary, Indiana. I'm from where you either a vice lord or a GD. I'm from where the city is divided between Broadway and Grant. You did so. Two one nine is what I know, and this is a concrete jungle with us. You know what I'm saying? So we grew up where a lot of the harsh reality ain't ain't what we wanted it to be. We ain't want this shit to be like L.A. We ain't want this shit to get close, but we right. What the nigga say? Right outside of Chicago, some of the best cooking you ever had. But I miss him. <laughs> but I mean, growing up right here, fam. Going to the city, man, having to know your lit, having to have your hat broke a certain way, even if you wasn't a part of something. I mean, that shit is crazy. You got to know it. You can't be around here telling your kids it ain't no light to it. Because then they get out there blinded if you ain't telling them something. You ain't got to be a part of that. But if you see it, this is what you should be aware of. You know what I'm saying? They, They don't care that you're not a part of it. That don't mean you still got to claim it, but stand your ground as a man. But don't sway. Don't act like you want to be one of them because now nah, they got a reason to come at you. Mm-hmm. Or you the ops. So you got to teach them one way or another. But um, you doing something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to be a part of it. That's where I'm at. You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. That's where I'm at. Like this. Yeah. This ain't me just coming over to visit y'all. Right, right. This is camaraderie. This I feel good. This ain't got to be me coming over to talk about me. Cause to tell the truth, I ain't got. I can talk about me all day, but I'd rather talk about my city. Mm-hmm. I'd rather talk about niggas that's trying to do something right now. I got something I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna invite y'all. Um, either this summer, it's probably gonna start this summer. I got a guy in Indianapolis, my close brother, Jomo. Um. He's a cook, culinary, you know what I'm saying? So, nigga cook, you did, but he spit. And um, what we gonna do is, I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of my niggas dying and cousins dying and damn, if I would've had one more sip, one more drink, one more I love you, one more convo. Well, why can't we have something annually? Uh Why can't we get together at a venue and eat together, party. Get, we got DJs. I can call. I got ten DJs I could call, and I ain't exaggerate. I got ten DJs that can play whatever music I want. From Caesar 
to Dollar Bill, to all the house DJs, because I love house music, um, R&B pop, whatever. We sit down. We got our own venue. We got our own money. I just want to call niggas to the mic and say, bro, I love you. Everybody ain't got to know what we went through. But I guarantee you, it's a nigga in each part of this room that one or more of you would have ran into and had an issue or you solved it or a friendship or they bailed you or you bailed them out of something that you wanted to say thank you one last time. Do that annually. We won't have to wait till a nigga die all the time. That's real. That's definitely real. Yeah. So that's the type of thing. Other than that, this is what y'all doing, right? So y'all show up with me, and they say, what these brothers do? Right. Now we're networking. Mm-hmm. Now, not only did you leave the spot as just who you are, but you got 15 other brothers that's about your situation. Now you part of their situation. It's a gatekeeper. Every city has gatekeepers. That's what Mike taught us. He said, when I go to this city, there's somebody I got to go holler at to get a pardon to be a part of this city. Not because they ain't the man, it's because they are the man. Right. I hate to say it that way sometimes, but who gonna go to the city, Chicago, and think it ain't nobody got an answer to if you're trying to get money? You want to throw a show? You gotta call somebody that's already a promoter and say, hey bro, I just wanna know if it'd be cool if I could get some of this money out here. You ain't just going to go in there and throw no show. Gatekeeping. Networking. Establishment. And it's about two things in this world. Love and hate. That's it. That's what this world is divided upon. Love and hate. Either you're going to love to hate or you're going to hate to love. Mm-hmm. I'd rather you hate to love me. I'd rather you want to just say, I don't know what it is I hate. But the nigga cool. Mm-hmm. I fucks with him. Then for you to be like, I love to hate this nigga. You did what I'm saying? That's real. That's why if, if I could leave y'all with something, this is what I want y'all to remember about me. Alright. Stop doing permanent shit with temporary people. Then you're gonna ask yourself, how do I know they're temporary? You don't. So make it permanent or leave it the fuck alone. Stop doing permanent shit with temporary people. The only way to change the circumstance is to change the situation. So what we're doing right now is changing the situation to end it being a better circumstance. Because what we're talking about ain't got nothing to do with just me. There's a thousand niggas like me. I click up with a lot of niggas that can tell you the same stories. All the fights, I ain't broke none of them. I ain't got to tell you all about that shit at the Genesis and when so-and-so got shot. Blood Billigan Day parades in the city. I ain't, we ain't got to talk about the taste. That ain't us. Mm-hmm. But what we doing right now is something that a lot of brothers can't just sit down and do. We could talk about the verses. We could talk about the COVID. We could talk about Ray J. I'm just throwing out logical stuff. Mm-hmm. But then, what would it matter if nobody else could talk about it? Yeah. Like, sometimes we lose brothers. You did. We lose brothers because we want them to obtain and grab home 
knowledge, but we ain't give them no wisdom. We ain't let them sit back and be a sponge because you put them on the spot. You say, nigga, get down or lay down. And he was like, I was just laying there so I could get down. I was laying there so I could get down. If I would have got with you before, I wouldn't know how to stay with you. I'm doing my homework, but since you done put me on the spot, now I'm fucked up. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we got to realize, don't encourage your own feelings to be the sake of everything. Have an open mind. That don't mean fall for the okie though. It just means what this brother doing, I might be incorporating what I do. Or what this brother doing on his lyrics, he walked in and played the song. I immediately got in tune. Because that's what I do. It's almost like an A and R. The first two minutes, an A and R ain't gonna hear your whole song out. You ain't gonna come tell no A and R, check my song out. A rock. No. If you don't catch him in them first two minutes, cut that shit off, get out of my face. Cut it. Now, that's saying this. There is no patience. And what we have is historically what's our culture. In our culture, an intro to an R&B song back in the days might be them three minutes that the whole song is right now. Somebody could talk shit the whole first three minutes. Right on, baby. We here. Shit. You have a guy. They talking all kind of mess. And the song ain't even came on yet. <laughs> ain't even never came on. Man, I got a Johnny Taylor song on my phone that do that same thing. Mm -hmm. They talk about how he met some chick at a bar. Oh, yeah. And he's like, you know, you want to be down here if you ain't want to be here with me. Talking three minutes before the song started playing. Yeah. Kenny Casanova right now. Y'all heard of Kenny? Yeah. Ali. You seen the whole video? Nah. Oh, uh, check it. He got a day in the life mm -hmm. where he did all five songs. It's one movie. Okay. It's it's on it's on Apple, I know it is, but check that out. And this is the funny part. He from Mississippi and don't know that he didn't know nothing about like Godfather. He don't know nothing about the old stuff that he's spitting about. Mm -hmm. He said he listened to a couple of his uncles and how they talk. Mm -hmm. And how they used to talk about the pimp guy. And he just picked it up and ran with it. But the boy doing that. I mean, if you know somebody pimping, he'd have put it down. And it sound good. Uh, it's something I want to ask y'all. What's up? It was unfiltered oh. university. <laughs> Where y'all going with this? Where you want to go with it? To the moon. It's like, oh, yeah, like I said, like Marcus mentioned, man, we just doing it just because we love to do it, man. We, I don't think we ever really sit down collecting and like, hey, this is where we go take it. This is what we do. We just. And I'm only asking that because you can. I had Rory and Mile. I had Rory and Mile. And like my my goal is like get get to that level, you know what I'm saying? Some, some Joe yeah. Budden type shit. New Rory and Miles. Like Rory and Miles shit. Like I seen two episodes. I like the ambiance. They set up. They scenery. Yeah. 
Take it to TV. Mm-hmm. Take it to oh, a TV channel. Once we get the right lighting, right set up. Let me tell you all something, man. Don't wait. Don't wait. It ain't even got to be TV. Ain't nothing never had to wait on nothing. We just think that. Mm-hmm. We think everything got to be perfect before they see it. Don't you know there's some grimy niggas at the crib that love to see some grimy shit like this? And don't get me wrong, no disrespect to what I'm saying we doing. But this is real. This real. Baby bottles on the table. <laughs> Arizona's and Mucal. Two mics and an apple. That costs money. Back in the day, you had a little money. You had to buy an apple or MacBook or something. <laughs> you had a little money for that. But what I'm saying in general. Niggas sitting around Ted from dreads to low hair. Now, anywhere you go now, you got a dread, you got to be a shooter. You got buddies you from New York. And I, I, my shit is because I'm losing hair. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm supposed to be Rick Ross because I got the beard. But what I'm saying is, if we wait, somebody else does it. I done had several concepts, several songs, several tracks I would have used that somebody in the industry has done. Mm-hmm. I mean, concept and everything. And I'd be like, damn, do I talk too goddamn much? Because somebody done heard my shit and stole it. Because mm-hmm. that's the shit I was spitting. And it's just ideas. Minds think a lot. Don't wait. If y'all want to film, it's easy, bro. Y'all got iPhones. My little Android take clear pictures, videos. You go live. Y'all done been live. Y'all know how to do that. I don't even know how to do that on IG. Niggas be like, you feel like the other day did a little something in the car. I'm like, oh, that ain't go. Because I don't want to get in that ball. I'm telling you, when y'all said something about Facebook earlier, right? Mm-hmm. And I told you it's the most unsociable, sociable thing. Do you know the logic of what Facebook has done to people? It's so deep. We don't even look up no more. Everything we do is here. So much so that you never look ahead. You never look unless you think you're in danger or you drive. Half the time you drive. You, you did what I'm saying? Now, I know y'all seen them videos. They show how many niggas done fell at the mall or fell in the pool or bumped into niggas. Because the whole world is doing this. And guess what the whole world doing? Checking the other niggas out. Everybody checking to see what the other nigga doing. <laughs> if you go to the gram, you see something beautiful on there. Or let's just say TikTok and you see something funny. Or let's just say whatever you're looking at. I ain't going to lie. I get on the gram, sitting on the stool. And I'm through doing what I need to do, making a deposit. I'm still on the stool. <laughs> An hour later, leg hurt right above my like that. My leg don't went to sleep. Because I done did something I wasn't supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I let that take me into their world. Yeah. Now, I don't watch that much TV, but when I do, I like to sit down and watch all the episodes or whatever the hell I'm going to watch. But I like Marvel. I like DC. I like shit. It helps me escape. I watch more cartoons than anything else. It helps me escape this world. I like a good cartoon. You know what I'm saying? Hulk smash. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I did cartoons. That could be 
I think sometimes I miss my daughter. My daughter is 24 now. So she half my age, you dig? Like, we grew up watching cartoons together. Nickelodeon. I met Drake on Nickelodeon. You know what I'm saying? Look at that. Who is Drake? Drake came back to Blue for rapping. They ain't know he act. So, you know, I just think to myself and telling y'all this. I came here because I wanted to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, my man said come out. Then I had told him, you know, reached out to him and said, bro, I wouldn't mind being a part of what y'all are doing. It wasn't for me saying I want to be on the interview. I didn't give a shit about that. I wanted to be a part of what y'all was doing. This right here is comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's cool. We're talking about things that other people don't talk about, or they do, but on a large platform. Like, he would tell you, we used to be on third row and have the biggest conversations during them 11 and a half hours. So much so that we done wrote Reggie to get a, a list of who your coldest R&B artists. Oh, niggas scratch that nigga off. They ain't no really no R&B. R. Kelly don't count no more. I mean, just whole conversations. And look, if them would have been on podcast, niggas would be like, damn niggas funny. Because it's just real life. It wasn't nothing fake. It wasn't no draw that back because we can't say it. Or put that down because that's what the world want to hear. It was just what we felt. And that's why I like this, bro. I, 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 I appreciate you, brothers. I, I got a, a a great energy out of being here with y'all. But this wasn't about me, man. This wasn't about me being here talking about none of my rap. Because, shit, the last album I dropped was in 2019. I couldn't tell you how many sales we got. I couldn't tell you none of that shit. I really don't even care. The shit called Gumbo, I did it with my brothers. It was a 10-year anniversary. We hadn't been in the studio all together in 10 years and put an album together in like two weeks. Yeah. Quick, which is hard to do mm-hmm. when you got five different niggas with different concepts. But we was always like declared like the NWA or Gary. How many songs are out of Ten, thirteen, some shit like that. Okay. Called Gumbo. Mm-hmm. It's on it's on um, all everything. Um now as far as what I'm doing though, I'm working with Whoever want to work. You did? Mm-hmm. Like, track-wise, you got the track? Let's burn that, man. Let's burn it. My man Bodies coming home from Atlanta. Uh, he used to be called Bodies. They call him Yellow Boy. Bodies on the track. Um, he from Lufkin, Texas. But uh, when he moved here, he started working on the casino with us. Uh, I worked at the casino for 13 years. So, um, I met a lot of niggas there, too. Bump J before he went to jail when he came home with the goons. Um, I met the dude that put Kanye on. I met a lot of people at the casino dealing cards. Yeah, I dealt cards for about nine years. I worked in the casino for about 13. Mm-hmm. But I was in, like, VIP, and then I was in, um, the Coast Guard. Okay. So I did that for some years. Especially when the 9-11 hit, I went directly to the Coast Guards. I fuck called, the Coast I called Guard. me right into it. Yeah. Yeah. I said, fuck the Coast Guard, man. 
My packages and sent me a lot in the mail. Yeah. Like if you want to get your package back, <laughs> it's down here in the Florida <laughs> District Court. <laughs> you said no. Keep it on the train, so man. Yeah. I'll say, man, we approaching, um, approaching, approaching two hours, man. You might have to wrap it up. So, uh, all right, let's do it. Oh, shit. Don't follow me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, shit, I bet I can't tell you all that. Uh, I put it like this. Follow these brothers. You'll be able to find me if you want to find me. Follow these brothers, man, on um, Instagram. I know y'all on Instagram. I know where that's y'all University. On. Yeah, and... And if you want to follow me, follow the group First Battalion. Um, that's one ST Battle Lions. So some of you niggas can't spell <laughs> Battalion. <laughs> um, we're on all the platforms for the music. I'm T Low Styles. That's T Y L E Z Z. And I'm on um, Instagram, uh, Twitter. And that's all y'all really need to know. Uh, I'm not open to the public. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, <I'm definitely. laughs> yeah, y'all got anything else y'all want to add before we dip up out of here? Um, I'm trying to think because I'm trying to pull up on the social media. Sorry. Um, no, man. You know, my normal, stay blessed, stay safe. Watch your back, watch your brother's back. And that's all I got. What about you, man? Man, it's... Uh, it's Travis, man. I'm caught up in the rabbit's hole going through Facebook, posting this, posting these little clips of, of what we doing up here. But, um, man, stay on, stay on. I don't even know what the fuck to say, man. Hey. <laughs> the ears don't never know what to say, man. But, um, I got you. Uh, stay on your shit. Yeah, that. But, uh, stay yeah. woke. Niggas creeping. Uh, we coming up on a holiday weekend. Y'all be safe out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Responsibly. Yeah. Drive responsibly. Watch out for the kids and the fireworks and whatever it is y'all doing. Have a good time. Just stay safe and all of that. And, you know. Hey, I got one more. One more. One more. Real quick. It only take two minutes to change your whole life. Two minutes. Take them two minutes and, and, and change your life. Um, instead of taking a life, walk away, y'all. You right? Walk away, man, cause you're gonna change your instance and possibly kill somebody and take a whole family's livelihood. This weekend is one of the weekends a lot of people use get back. Mm-hmm. Them was fireworks, no, nah, them was gun blasts. So. Beef is only generated through constant negative behavior. Change your behavior to something positive. Put God first most of the time and you're sore. You're like fly, bro. Whatever God is for you, just use that instead of this demonic shit. For sure. And thank you for having, for coming on the show, man. Speaking with us, man. Keep keep it going, man. But uh, thank y'all for tuning in to Unfiltered University, and we out. Give me a face.